When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of Ask Amy. Joining me today is Danny Ratliff. He is a senior financial advisor with RIA Advisors. Thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so the reason that we wanted to talk to you today, I mean, we're well into 2023. We continue to hear that we may be going into recession. The economy is doing poorly. We keep hearing all of these things, but I don't know that people are paying that much attention until we had a couple banks fail. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I think the banks certainly brought light to this. But, you know, the bigger thing is people are looking at their opening up their 401k statements or opening up their investments and seeing that everything went down. The only place that you could hide last year was cash. Yeah. You know, bonds have historically been a safe haven. They didn't do as well. But the banks are a big issue at the moment. And I think this is something that many people are concerned with. Like you said, now people are kind of opening their eyes saying, whoa, how bad can this get? Right. And that's the million-dollar question. And and I think, so the banks may be just what caught people's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I learned a little bit about when these banks failed, um, Silicon Valley first and then um, Signature Bank. But I didn't realize, we hear FDIC and that, oh, consumers, I always thought, shouldn't be concerned because all your money's insured. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, wait, there's a limit. Not all of your money is insured? No, not all of your money. So there's a limit up to 250000 I think this is really important. So, you know, not everybody has $250,000 sitting right. around in a checking account or savings account. And for that matter, you probably shouldn't. You should probably find a better alternative, someplace that you can make a little interest on it. Uh-huh. But um, if you did and you were had money at Silicon Valley Bank or Signature, for that matter, you could have been exposed or you were exposed if you had more than that and it, the accounts were not structured properly. So, it's really important. Make sure that you're under the limits of 250 or if you have an account with your spouse or depending on how the accounts are set up, you can have more FDIC insurance. It's based on registrations. FDIC has a really cool calculator. Uh-huh. It's called EIDE. Uh-huh. So it's EIDE calculator. Um, and so you could go to online, Google FDIC calculator, and you can put in the bank, put in how the accounts are registered, and it'll oh. actually tell you if you're covered. But, you know, with with us, we go out and and buy CDs for clients from time to time. Mm -hmm. And we always want to make sure we're under those limits. That's really important. Okay, and that is really interesting because this would count whether your money's insured, whether it's in a money market or a CD or savings or a checking account. That's right. And and where I thought, I mean, you're right. Not not most people don't just have two hundred fifty thousand dollars sitting in an account at a bank. Correct. But I was reminded of people who may be retired and they got their pension and however they took it and they might just have it there as they're deciding what to do. Yeah, yeah. I think long. there's a lot of people who got caught off guard and you hear these horror stories and it's, it's unfortunate. Now, a lot of times, you know, the FDIC doesn't necessarily take it over. They broker a deal. Like in 2008, Washington Mutual was a, the biggest bank that went into conservatorship or receivership and JP Morgan picked them up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so you also need to think about what it looks like from the investment perspective. You know, what is what happens to clients in those instances? Uh-huh. And so if you didn't have, if you invested in these companies, that's where you're in trouble too. So you could have had stock in some of these companies and that's where, you know, if they go bankrupt or um, they go under, you're stuck and you have bigger losses in that aspect. Oh. But if you had investments with these firms, 
most of the time, those are all registered in your name. And so what will typically happen is, is that the name on the statement changes. That's it. Okay. So it's not as big of a deal in that aspect. But you need, you do need to be concerned. You need to check and make sure you understand what type of coverage you have, depending on banking and investments. Um, and just, you know, understand the risk that you, you're potentially taking. Right. And, and so the bank should also be able to help. Like if I go to that FDIC calculator. They and- should. Yeah, I mean, should be able to say, okay, you could vary it up. I mean, even if all of your money's at one institution, if it's in different types of accounts? You can, yep. So depending on the registration, that that's also, uh, it impacts as far as what is all covered with that. So you could actually have, you know, over a million dollars, depending on beneficiaries, depending on registrations. Mm-hmm. Do you own this individually? Do you have it with a, with a partner or spouse? All of these things can be taken into consideration. Now, the banks aren't always really well trained on it. So I always encourage everybody, go online, take a look, you know, write down exactly how your accounts are structured, print out your statements, pull that calculator up, and that'll really give you a really good understanding and hopefully give you some peace of mind. Okay. And as far as my concerns that my bank might go under, that's that's the, the extent of sort of the checks that I need to do? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, those are always concerns. Smaller banks are typically going to be more prone or to, to something like this uh, versus the big, really big banks. The problem uh-huh. is, you know, you're paying for safety, so you're not really getting paid much on interest. Um, but I would always be concerned. I'd always want to remain under those limits when necessary. That way you're just not exposing yourself to potential losses. Right. Because you never know. I mean, there's been some Washington Mutual. Who would have thought that was going to happen in 2006 and seven? Uh, same thing for Wachovia. I mean, think about all the branches that they had well, great name recognition, very right. well known, and they just had some some bad bad business practices that were were exposed, and uh, you know people paid for it. Right, and we've heard in the news. So when these bank failures happened, th- at least one report said that it caused a lot of consumers to go out and withdraw yeah. a lot of money to make a lot of withdrawals, and then that what exacerbates the problem. Yeah, it does. So you know, Silicon Valley Bank. In fact, just yesterday we found out how much people went out and ran to go, you know, basically a run on the bank, mm-hmm. which you don't really hear or see of these days. And so people were pulling out in just droves, and that becomes a problem because it it makes the problem even worse. And it multiplies it very quickly because you have to remember what banks do. Banks are taking our money in mm-hmm. and then they're lending that money out. But depending on what type of debt that they expose themselves to, um, what their type of investments and how they're hedging, that's where there can become additional problems. So banks as a whole have been healthier in a lot of ways. But last year, you know, we saw the worst year in bonds since 1788. Oh, So wow. think about that. We're talking about centuries, not not yeah. decades we're talking about a very long period of time. And right. so what with the Fed raising rates as quick as they did, if they were holding any longer-term bonds, those bonds went down in value, which therefore it exposes them to additional risk. And so that's where a lot of the problems came from. Uh, got it. And that's what I was going to ask you is sort of um, these bank failures, there have been two. What does that say or is that sort of a, a – precursor or does it tell us anything about the chances that we are going to go into a recession? Well, it, it could be the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, where mm-hmm. it's saying, hey, there are bigger problems out there. I think we are beginning to see that. Um, higher interest rates we knew was, was going to expose companies that were in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's an old saying that when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. Uh-huh. And so when interest rates go up, it begins to, it impacts everybody. It starts with the consumer. Right. So, you know, your household cash flow begins to diminish, right? We have inflation. Now, if you have debt, you're paying more for it, credit card debt, revolving debt. Um, you want to go get an auto loan or mm-hmm. refinance the house. You can't do it. Right. Or you can, but it's going to be stricter guidelines, and it's going to cost you a lot more because the interest is much higher. So that's why we're seeing, like, even in the housing market, 
inventories declined because people are less inclined to move. Right. Because you're not going to, if you go out, even if you downsized right now, paid less for your home, your mortgage payment would likely be very similar because rates are that much higher. Right. I mean, 7% compared to like 2.5%. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I talk to people all the time, 2.75, 3%. I mean, that looks really, really nice right about now. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really what I want to talk to you about when we come back is sort of the economy that we're in right now, higher interest rates, and how all of those things affect families day to day and sort of how we can steal ourselves or, or brace or protect yep. the money that we have right now and, and keep more from going out the door. Great. All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this episode of Ask Amy. We're talking with Danny Ratliff of RIA Advisors, and you're giving us a lot of good advice on sort of how we can prepare our finances and things we can do right now because we hear, oh, you got to be careful. Interest rates are going up. You got to do this. You got to do that. But, you know, we want some good practical tips for people who are sort of monitoring maybe their credit card debt. Yeah, um, credit card debt's a big one right now, especially with rates increasing. You know, that's it's really impacting people's wallets. And unfortunately, it's not just the credit card debt, it's the inflation. So people are spending more. Yeah. We've noticed personal savings rates have declined. Um, credit card debt and usage has actually gone up the average balance. So it's not a good sign. Yeah. And what we really need to be doing in this environment is paying that credit card debt down. It's tough because people are living paycheck to paycheck. Right. It's a difficult environment right now, and I, I realize that. But if we can eliminate you know, just racking up that debt, because if rates do continue to increase, and I think they're going to have their limits, that's going to become a, a bigger issue as more of people's paychecks going to be required to pay down that debt. And, you know, it's it's basically, um, you know, you, you can pay now or pay later. Yeah. And you're going to pay, if you're paying later, you're going to pay that much more because of that interest. Right. And I mean, so a lot of people were stuck where maybe they were not making minimum payments, they were making more than minimum mm -hmm. payments, but not paying off that credit card bill at the end of every month. And then their interest rates went up. I mean, I think now we're looking at above 16%. Yep, average about, average rates have gone way up. I mean, we're seeing some way over 20. Uh -huh. And so depending on what your credit score is. And so obviously this is a time that you should shop. There are still some deals out there. If you had a balance and you still have decent credit, you can likely switch. Uh -huh. So a lot of times they'll allow you to switch that balance over to somewhere else. They may give you six months or a year of no interest. Uh -huh. So that's ideal. But the problem is let's just not make this – uh, the snowball bigger and bigger. Exactly. We want to make sure that, you know, you are tackling it. You are you're, have a strategy to pay that down. And that's a tough part right now. Yeah. I mean, and I, we were just talking. So we did a story on um, these buy now, pay later um, plans. I mean, we've had a lot of these businesses pop up just within the last year, year and a half um, that it's like, oh, this is great. Now I can buy that purse I wanted to buy or those sports tickets I wanted to buy. And you buy now and you pay later. But people aren't thinking, well, what happens if I don't have that third payment when it comes due? Well, that's right. Or, um, you know, you're buying now and paying later. What's the extra What's the extra cost? They're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Right. You know, they're doing it to make money. And so unfortunately, just like a check cashing place, mm -hmm. it's not cheap. Yeah. And that adds up very quickly. And so what I find, though, is that once you get in the habit of doing a little bit of that, mm -hmm. it seems that, you know, it, it you're just more inclined to do so. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you, you have a more of a diligent strategy and you say, hey, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to, to live like this. And it, it you seem to do much better with it. Right. So create some rules. And I think that, you know, create some household rules. If you're married, do so with your spouse. I think that's really important to make sure you're on the same page. Then understand, okay, well, here's our rules for spending. If we're going to spend X amount, we're going to have to have a discussion about it. Yeah. Like we have, a, we have one in our household is that if we want something over a certain amount of money, we're going to discuss it and you have to wait a week. 
Oh, the waiting a week is, is big. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's huge because most of the time, even if I think I really need something, I find out after a week I don't. Right. Yeah. You're sort of, you've thought about five other things since then. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good idea. And, you know, buy now, pay later. I could see how when you s sort of dip your toe in because you're already spending money you don't have. That's right. And then you have to pay that back. It, it would get easier to do. And then it becomes, you think, a necessity. That's right. And, you know, I think that we're all optimistic by nature. So, oh, we're going to get the raise. Things are going to get better. Things will improve. And it just doesn't always happen or, or happen as quickly as we'd like. Mm -hmm. So this is where you have to be really cautious. Um, and, and so if you had a fortune, a uh, um, magic ball, you'd tell us, are they going to get better? I mean, what do you think is going to happen this year? I mean, you're in the oh, business. Oh, man, this, this is such a wild year. You know, at the very beginning of the year, all of the economists, portfolio managers, everybody said, listen, first half of the year is going to be terrible. Second half is going to be much better. Recession will be priced in. Interest okay. rates will be priced into the economy. Then we had a really good January and part of February. Uh -huh. And really good, meaning that usually what the stock market does in a full year, it did in the first month and a half, two months. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden, everybody said, whoa, we, we start to see the market decline some. It said, wait, first half of the year is going to be rough. So nobody really ever knows. You know, so they flip-flopped on. That's the same guys that tell us at the very beginning. So there's so many factors at the moment. I mean, we look at all the inflationary pressure that we have. We look at higher interest rates. Higher interest rates typically take a while to really impact the economy. Uh -huh. I believe we're going to begin to see that. Inflation has been a lot stickier than what they've anticipated. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to remember, this is such a weird and interesting environment in the sense that we come coming out of the pandemic jobs have changed right we have a demographic where you know baby boomers are retiring in, in massive amounts you know there's numbers saying it's suggesting that 10,000 people are retiring each day oh wow yeah I mean so this is a lot of people that are that are moving out of the workforce and so I think employers you know one thing that we always watch for is jobs jobs are a pretty good leading indicator to give us suggestions on you know, what companies are thinking are they are uh, you know what's the overall economy going to look like and so they'll start to cut back because they're trying to protect themselves uh -huh. and unfortunately well fortunately we have seen mass layoffs yeah unfortunately it's not as been as good of an indicator so we're seeing right. more of blue collar jobs have been a lot stickier there mm -hmm. uh, you're not seeing people getting laid off but it's the white collar jobs it's right. the middle management we're seeing a little bit more of that that's coming into fruition and so as that materializes and changes i think that's something that we have to keep our eye on right um interest rates if if we can't afford the same thing so it's it you know we look at retail sales right retail sales have been rather strong but what we really want to look at is what are the units behind it? How much has actually been sold? People may be spending the same amount of money, but they're not buying as much. I can tell right. you that for sure. Spending the same amount of money on far fewer groceries. Right. Or, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It seems like, you know, a hundred bucks, you get one bag. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't live off this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So let's talk about the whole interest rate thing, because we started this by talking about how much more your credit card um, debt could cost you because of higher interest rates. But then we're looking at, say, our money market account or our savings accounts. And, and when the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, now we're all making more money. On no, our, on no, it, it doesn't. So unfortunately, the banks just don't automatically pass that on to you and I and everybody else. So mm -hmm. sometimes we have to fight for it and go out and say, OK, move money. And, and banks are counting on, especially the really big institutions where we you feel safe and secure. They've been been there forever. Mm -hmm. Um you're, they're banking on that we're not going to move funds. Yeah. And so what you need to do is look out for your interest. Say, listen, if they're going to charge you more to go get a loan for your credit card, for anything else you're going to do, uh -huh. you need to make sure they're paying you more as well. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. So I would go out and shop. You know, we talked about bankrate.com, NerdWallet, mm -hmm. they're aggregators. You can go and search and look up high-yield savings. Um, you'd mentioned off-air a bit ago that you had an account. Yes. That, 
you you looked and said, wow, they're paying a great rate, but they're yeah. not paying me that. And so I think that happens more often than, than people realize. Right. That you're yes. just in the wrong product. Yes. So in the same money market account for like 20 years, because that's just where I would move money, yep. you know, to save each month. And then I realized like, wow, this is like below 2%. And it was when some others were paying like, you know, 3 and 4%. So I went on bank rate, sort of shopped around, found this bank, and I was had never heard of it before, but I did look at reviews and ignored some of them um, and moved yep. my money there. So, But what I didn't realize is the exact same bank that I had had that money market account at had a high yield savings account for that interest rate that I was looking for. And instead of just calling them and saying, move my money over, I was going outside of there. So a lot of checks that you can do. Yeah, there is. And so I think that you need, need to make sure that you're looking at the right place. Understand what money's for, too, though. So, like, you, you want a big institution for your your checking, your credit cards. But, you know, you may want to look at somewhere else to, to store funds. So we always encourage people to have an emergency fund, right? That's your basic 6 to 12 months of expenses, depending on what type of job you have. Uh -huh. And then my partners and I at work, we've been encouraging people to, to create a financial vulnerability cushion. So going uh -huh. above and beyond. Uh -huh. Because what if... You know, emergency funds are great if your AC goes out, car breaks down, um, you know, you lose your job. But what if you lose your job and all those things happen? Yeah. That could happen. And so we're seeing that people, uh, you know, households are being stressed. And so we want to make sure that, you know, we, we call it fortifying your uh, your balance sheet and right. your financial security. And so I think that's really important. And make sure that if you have money sitting somewhere, make sure you're getting paid on it. Yeah, absolutely. Make it work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, okay, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about that specific um, funds and places where you could put your money. Um, and then we want to look at some long-term savings, like our 401ks. We always tell people, don't look at them because you'll be scared. Big mistake. But now we should look at them? Absolutely. Okay, we'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back to this episode of Ask Amy. Danny Ratliff here with RIA Advisors is giving us a ton of great advice um, on our finances and what we should do. When we ended the last segment, we were talking about um, interest rates and how you can still shop around and you want to make sure you're looking for any sort of savings accounts that pay the best interest rate available. One thing that a lot of people don't know about are I-bonds. Yeah, I-bonds. They, they became really popular here this last year because they're actually paying really good interest. Uh -huh. And so right now, I-bonds are currently paying 6.89%. Um, you do have to be cautious with this because this is where you need an ob objective for your funds because you need to understand the time constraints of how long you need to set these aside. So I wouldn't necessarily put emergency funds in something like this. But this could be a really good place to store funds for a couple of years, depending on what interest rates do and really what inflation does. Right. And so when um, you know they pay it on a six-month increment, mm -hmm. but they pay it on an annualized rate of return. So each six months, they change it. So they'll change that 6.89% after April 27th. So you have some time that you can go out and actually uh, lock in that 689 for the next six months. Once they change the rate, that'll go down to whatever that rate is for the following six months after your time frame is up. So you get a pretty good understanding or idea as far as what you're getting paid. Now, you can't just go to a bank and buy these. You have to uh -huh. go to treasurydirect.gov. Okay. Um, and last time, rates were so high before they lowered interest rates mm -hmm. again, everybody tried to do it and it shut the site down. I mean, yeah. people couldn't get in and open accounts. Right. So I would advise people to be a little bit, uh, don't procrastinate on this one. Go ahead and get this done sooner rather than later. Yeah, because you can't go on bankrate.com and find right now a high-yield savings that's paying 6.89%. No, no, you cannot. And when you're talking about everybody went and shut the side down, it was like 9 point something, right? Yeah, it was over 9%. So 
and I would envision people doing the same here with this one just because if they haven't done it already, they forget about it. They want to make sure because all the publications will be coming out prior to April 27th. Uh-huh. And so everybody's going to probably get on the move to try to lock that in again. But, you know, key things, you can only put in $10,000 per person each year. Uh-huh. Um, and you do need to keep it in there for at least one year. So if and then if you pull it out before five years, you forfeit three months of interest. So just something to consider if you're going to be making these types of decisions. And and that's exactly why you said you don't want to put your emergency savings in there. Yeah. You know, something that you might need in six months or three months or even a year. I mean, if you want to get the most out of it, you want to be able to leave it in there at least five Correct. years. No, Can, well, yeah, I mean, ideally. But you may, in a couple years, interest rates may be way down again. Uh-huh. And it just may not be beneficial to keep it there. You may be better off taking it out and doing something else with it. Okay. All right. And I will say... I was able to go in. I mean, anybody can go into treasurydirect.gov. We'll put all of the links for you in our show notes on how you can do, do that and sign up. We did a story on it just to explain to people how that works. And and so a lot of people were like, oh, fantastic. Oh, but I can only put in 10 grand. Yeah. But you said there is a way to put in more. There is. So you could you could do what they call a gift box. So it allows you to go in and you could gift somebody $10,000. So for married couples, we see this happen quite a bit where they'll do 10000 for each of themselves and they'll, put, they'll do what they call a gift box. Mm-hmm. And you can just check it. The, the website's actually, for a government site, pretty good. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to set up an account and create it than, than it used to be. So you go create the account. You set it up like you're going to invest it. You click the drop down for uh, I-bonds. And then you just click the box that says it's a gift. Now, the caveat is you can't give them or you can only gift them $10,000 per year. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have to take it out in specific you know years where you're not – they're not – taking other funds out. So oh, okay. there's a, some other requirements you'll want to look on the uh, the website, but it'll, it writes it down and spells it out pretty easily. So just another way to put a little bit of additional funds aside. Yeah, exactly. So for example, if you're married and you each put in your own $10,000 and then you gift your wife 10000 she gives you 10000 then all of a sudden you guys have been able to invest forty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds a lot better Heck than yeah. 10. Okay. All right. So the other thing we want to talk about is I think I have, you know, heard forever and also sort of lived by the whole motto of you put your money in your 401k, you just have it taken out of your check and you set it and forget it and you don't look at it. You're saying that's not what we should do right now. You know, that's a tough one because many people are just prone to either one, they don't want to check it, right? You mean people are, they're stressed right now because they're seeing that the the markets were down. S&P 500 was down 18% last year. The NASDAQ was down 32%. Fidelity came out the study, said the average investor in a 401k was down 23% last year. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So if you had $100,000, you had, you know, less than 80. Uh, if you had a million, I mean, think about this. We're talking, these numbers are, are rather large. And so that was a bad year by all accounts. And as we talked earlier, you know, even bonds were down significantly. They were down on average uh, 13%, the bond index. So uh-huh. really bad years, no no real place to hide. And so I think what people need to be cautious of is understand what you are invested in. Um, you know, one thing we do see a lot is age-based or target date funds. So meaning that they're supposed to get more conservative the closer you are to retirement. I would pull that fun fact sheet up, take a look, uh-huh. see exactly how conservative you are, because many times people think that, oh, yeah, I'm in a 2020 uh, fund. So that was two, three years ago. Yeah. Should be super conservative. Many times it's not nearly as conservative as we think. So we want to be really just have a very good understanding as far as what you're invested in. What type of risk are you taking in this type of environment? What if the market goes down more? You ask, you ask the question that everybody asks, are we going into a recession? Yeah. We may be in one right now. We just want to find out till later. Uh-huh. They may come back and say, hey, we, we've been in a recession, uh, but the market may be looking forward and say, hey, 
but the light's at the end of the tunnel. Uh-huh. We're moving out. We're moving past this. So this is where, you know, if something we don't have that black swan event, you know, Silicon Valley Bank was the second largest bank ever to go in receivership. Big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Um, there could be more more shoes to drop in the future. Other banks, other big institutions that have what we would call systemic risk or, the you know, the kind of the contagion factor, uh-huh. you know, where everybody, they have a problem. The next company has a problem. Then the next company. And so that's what we have to watch for. But when it comes to 401ks, I would certainly take a look. Don't be afraid of using stable value, putting some funds, parking it in cash for a while. Understand your risk tolerance. We don't want to make knee-jerk reactions. Um, and, you know, the, the old saying is that you, you want to make sure and take advantage and buy low and sell high. Right. So if you're still contributing, and depending on how far you have to retirement, I think is a really big deal. Uh-huh. you got a long ways to retirement. You know, we may want to get, get a little bit more conservative as far as what your overall allocation is now. But your current and your current contributions, we may still want to be rather aggressive and go right. buy some of these asset classes that are down if we think that you know we're going to see them come up in the future. All right, and what you mean by that, and we'll put more on this on show notes, is that when you go in, if you go in electronically and look at your mm-hmm. website and look at your four hundred one k, is you know you may have a whole lot of money stacked up in one particular fund. Is that fund aggressive? Where you know it could be pretty pretty volatile and go down. You could take that money and move it to something within your 401k that is more conservative. Correct. Yeah. And, and so the way I always look at this is that if, if you can be diligent and watch this, you want to be able to use utilize these funds to protect them right now. And we don't know. Nobody knows exactly what the market's doing. If I did, we'd, I'd be on the beach with a coconut drink in my hand. <laughs> um, but we we do know that you know while markets are as volatile as they are right now, having some cash on the sidelines may give you a little bit of a uh, you know, sense of uh, calmness or, or uh-huh. give you peace of mind. And I think that's not a bad thing. So we want to make sure that you're protecting yourself. But then you can go shopping. If there's a big sale, everybody likes sales. Right. Macy's has a red <laughs> Apple sales. Day sale. Right. right. I mean, everybody wants to go. So same thing with the markets on sale. We want to be able to buy. So with those new contributions, we're putting back into it. But then we have the ability to go out and use that cash to go buy things at better prices. Got it. That makes perfect sense. Thank you so much for coming on and talking Yeah, about thanks for today. having me. Thank you. And our show notes will also link you to how you can get in touch with Danny Ratliff and RIA Advisors. Everybody go out and heed his advice and have a great day.